Welcome, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. So grab your board, swim out in the sea of ideas with our resident uh, surfer here, Matt Hines. How are we doing, Paul? I'm doing good. You you sound uh, far, far away. I sound far away. I'm going to try to make that better. We are. We have a couple of we the the host and the guest today are in the field. Uh, we've got our guest who is joining us as our quote unquote roving roving ABM correspondent. We'll, we'll explain that here in a moment. I am. We are of course this live show. The show always goes on. Paul It is the last day of school up here in Seattle. Ah. So uh, we are recording uh, this episode from the parking lot of Juanita Elementary School, where at <laughs> noon today our two oldest kids get out of school. So. Uh, I think that counts as work-life balance. What do you think? I think so. Boy, that's that's making it all fit in together very nicely. That is just wedging everything together all at once. So, well, thank you, everyone, also for wedging us in here on Sales Pipeline Radio. Thanks very much for those of you joining us in the middle of your day on Thursday. We are here live every week Thursday at 2.30 Eastern, 11.30 Pacific. Thank you for joining us. I know we got a lot of people joining us live. Uh, at work listeners, thank you very much. Also, for those of you joining us on the podcast from Google Play and the iTunes Store, thank you so much for listening and for subscribing. And always, as always, every episode of, of Sales Pipeline Radio, past, present, and future, is available at salespipelineradio.com. Each week, we are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing, and B2B today is no different. Very, very excited to have with us Peter Isaacson. He is the Chief Marketing Officer for Demandbase who today is also our roving account-based marketing or ABM correspondent. Peter, thank you for joining us. Matt, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Now, are you also in the parking lot of an elementary school or where from the wide world of B2B marketing are you are you joining us today? I am right now in my home base, about to head out on a customer call, about to be in transit. But uh, awesome. I've locked down this time slot just for you. Well, I appreciate that. You've been very generous. You and your team have been generous with the past and appreciate your admin time today. Before we get into the, the ABM side of things, it wouldn't be a Peter Isaacson interview if we didn't start with the New York Mets. You know, if we were doing this interview mid-April, we might be having a different conversation. So I guess my biggest question for you, when and if Ioannis Cespedes comes back, is there hope for the 2018 New York Mets season? Well, when you're a Mets fan, the one kind of axiom that you follow is they can't break your heart if they don't first raise your expectations. They jump out to a 12-1 and record right out of the gate. Every year, it's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to buy in. Where this is, I'm not going to buy in that this is our year. And then they get to 12-1, and and you're thinking, like, God, maybe this is the year. And then they basically kind of go on for the rest of the season and play, you know, 10 games below 500 baseball. And now the rumors are starting to go in that Noah Syndergaard's going to get on the trade block and J- Jacob deGrom's going to get traded and blah, blah, blah. Pretty much business as usual for my New York Mets. <laughs> well, uh, you're talking to a Cubs fan who has experienced that letdown quite a bit, who also wouldn't mind having either of those pitchers at the trade deadline this year because I think we need one more starter to kind of round out our, uh, our stretch run here. But, uh, well, I appreciate it. So let's get into the matter. Well, the, 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 uh, before, I, I just have to comment on your cubbiness you guys yes. are in the middle of your red Sox like transition from darlings of the baseball world where everyone was rooting for you and thinking like yes this is great they finally did it to now being the most hated fan base in uh in, in the united states so congratulations on that transformation i appreciate you bringing that up. i i really am hoping that, that the cubs fans are going to come through and reveal their wholehearted midwesternness and not descend into <laughs> that level of Yankee Red Sox-ishness. 
Boy, we could spend the whole show talking about this. That'd be fun. Maybe Paul, we, we could, should do we like could. a sports okay. radio month where we just invite people on that we know are some smart B2B marketers, but also just our rabid sports fans. I'm sure we could go on I like for a it. while. I like it. The, the easy thing to do on this conversation would be to talk about account-based marketing. Demandbase is one of the leading providers of account-based marketing technology to B2B companies. You guys do some amazing work in the space. I've been particularly impressed with the work you and your team have done with influencers and to create influence among third-party experts uh, in the market. So I want to spend a little time talking about that because I know a lot of our listeners on the sales and the marketing side, you know, there's a lot you can do in terms of direct marketing, but every one of us, you know, we're marketing to people where there is a network of, of organizations, of individual of analysts and others that are influencing their decision-making as well. And, you know, I think probably the best example of that for you guys uh, more recently is the Forrester wave that recently came out. What was the wave about and uh, how was demand-based placed there? This is a real milestone, I think, for uh, certainly for demand-based, but also for ABM as, as a category. And certainly want to get into kind of category creation and the role influencers play in that. But this has been a multi-year journey for us, not just overall with an ABM, certainly, but also with Forrester to really kind of work with them to help them understand account-based marketing, why it's getting so much traction, why customers are, are getting engaged in it, things like that. And really, for a category to really stand as a true category, you need a lot of things to happen, but one of the key milestones certainly is Gartner doing a magic quadrant and or Forrester doing one of their waves around the category. And that's what happened. They just published it about three weeks ago, ABM platform specifically and demand base, thankfully, was established as the clear leader up and to the right for the for the ABM platform category. So very exciting. Yeah, I and mean, congrats on that. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. I think, you know, given the still somewhat nascent nature of the ABM category, I mean, huge to have you guys well out front and well-deserved. One of the things that I think I've noticed in terms of category creation, some of this maybe it's related to category creation as well as sort of educating analysts and influencers is trying to help people understand what exactly is account-based marketing. And I think it's evident in the wave, you see companies that are on that wave that in some cases people consider there may be four or five categories that we thought were categories represented on there. Is that just part of the sausage making of category creation that uh, we're not really sure who's where, that different people here own different parts of the elephants? How does a company like Demandbase help to define that? And then what are the keys to helping analysts help make sense of that as well? Well, I think you got to come in with a point of view. And demand-based, we certainly have a point of view on what, what account-based marketing is and what constitutes account-based marketing. I think to Forrester's credit, they took a relatively expansive view of account-based marketing in that they really did include kind of various pieces of it from, from account selection and identification, whether that was predictive or intent-based into account-based advertising, across website personalization, across orchestration, across engagement with your sales team so that they can kind of push things across the line through sales enablement, and then into measurement and metrics. So they basically kind of covered a fairly broad spectrum of, of functionality, I guess, within account-based marketing. And they essentially said that, look, not everyone's gonna do everything, but to be a platform, you've got to start covering multiple pieces of this, otherwise you're really just a point solution. So our task over the past, I mean, uh, literally over the last four years, but really in earnest with Forrester, as it was clear they were gonna create this wave, was to give them our perspective on 
the framework for the category, what it looked like, what the pieces were, and then how customers were using each piece of that, kind of each segment of that category and how it built up to a bigger whole. And that's really what we were focused on over the past year with Forrester. So we're talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Peter Isaacson. He's the CMO, the Chief Marketing Officer of Demandbase. And we're talking about a little bit of influencer engagement and you know analyst engagement as well as category creation. And you mentioned sort of this four-year process overall of defining a category and really more in earnest the last year with Forrester. I think you know, plenty of people don't really realize how much goes into that effort and that education process. It's not just a let's do a briefing, do a demo with an analyst and see where we show up. And even in the creation, especially nascent industries, my understanding is that they're, you know, you guys were up and to the right and in a great position, plenty of other people on that wave, not so happy. And it was even delayed a little bit because people were trying to negotiate their way into better positions. Like, <laughs> Can you open up a little bit of the sausage making of really what it takes and some of the patience and duration, I guess, endurance really that it takes to sort of get to this point? A category gets created not the most common of occurrences because folks are fairly selective about what really is a category. But for us, we kind of recognize that four things had to happen for a category around ABM to really get legitimately created. Uh, the media had to talk about it and really write about it. Analysts needed to cover it. Vendors needed to compete over it. And customers needed to buy it and see value in it. And that is kind of a virtuous circle because the more media talks about it, writes about it, the more vendors get interested in it, the more vendors get interested in it, the more communications are out there around around the category, the more customers start kicking the tires on it. The more customers that are kicking the tires on it, the more analysts get interested in it because they're getting inbound questions about, well, what's this thing called ABM? We're thinking about it, but we got to get smart on it. And who are the players in it, et cetera? And once analysts start getting that inbound, then that perks up their ears far more than just a technology vendor saying, hey, this is going to be a big deal. You guys should pay attention. But all of that stuff really needs to happen for a category to get created. Just quickly, for us around Forrester, part of the challenge was finding out who the analysts were going to be that were really leaning in. There were multiple analysts that expressed interest in understanding ABM but it became clear that there was a very big difference between peripheral interest and maybe, you know, writing a post or giving a presentation on it versus the guy or the couple of people that were going to actually really drive the development of the wave. And that took a little bit of time to identify. But once we had seen that Steve Casey and for a time Allison Snow were going to be the people, it really helped kind of clarify the task at hand for us. Peter Isaacs, I'm the CMO of Demandbase here. Right before we take a quick commercial break, I mean, what's the process of trying to identify people that you do want to cover? I mean, I think, you know, 10 years, 10, 15 years ago, there was a handful of people like the Foresters and Gartners of the world. Today, a lot more organization. I mean, certainly in ABM, you've got groups like Topo, you've got individual, even practitioners that have influence in the market. How do you sort of figure out like who you're going to engage and where you spend time trying to build influence? Part of this, folks will start self-selecting. You mentioned Topo. So Craig Rosenberg and uh, and Eric and Scott and those guys, they were kind of early believers in an account-based approach. And they're smart folks with a great kind of connection into the overall ecosystem. So we identified those guys, for instance, as being very influential. And we really cultivated a relationship with them. 
not that they're ever going to kind of give our elevator pitch, but the more they know your story, the more intelligently they can speak about kind of our role in account-based marketing. Some of this is self-selecting in terms of folks like Craig and Eric uh, raising their hands. Sometimes uh, we really push it like Todd Berkowitz for, uh, for Gartner. He had some early interest in it, but we really helped cultivate that interest. There's a bit of yin and yang in terms of influencers that are clearly leaning in and you just kind of stoke the flames but also you're doing a little pull into them to uh, to help them engage. Going to have to take a quick break here, pay some bills. We'll be back with more with uh, Peter Isaacson, CMO of Demandbase. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. In a world where the speed of innovation and change in B2B marketing has never been greater, the only thing bigger is the need for clarity, for a blueprint, for a guide to what's really working. And how about a way to apply it specifically today to increase sales pipeline growth, velocity, and most of all, conversion. That's what you'll find in the Modern Marketer's Field Guide. And amazingly, you can download it for free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds, H-E-I-N-Z-M-A-R-K-E-T-I-N-G. It encompasses the entire sales and marketing cycle, but in quick bursts with lots of specific, actionable ideas, strategies, tactics you can put to work right away like today. The loaded table of contents helps you narrow in and tackle a problem. And it's something you can come back to over and over again as a reference guide. Why not download your free copy of the Modern Marketer's Field Guide? It's free. HeinzMarketing.com, just like it sounds. H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. Thank you, Paul. I noticed you're wearing your twins hat today. You know, twins also a team that, uh, you know, started the season strong and that American League Central, not exactly the powerhouse of baseball this year. But, uh, you know, because of that, I guess they still got a chance, right? I Always a chance. Always a hope. Uh, that's the that's the curse they have over all of us. There's always a hope. you got to play all 162 games. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us Sales Pipeline Radio today. Peter doesn't know this, but this episode is the first episode in the summer of Pipeline, our, uh, our stretch through the summer season into the fall. We're about here to end uh, Q2 and end the first half of the year. And through the summer, we've got some great guests lined up for the Sales Pipeline Radio Summer of Pipeline. Next week, we've got Kevin Eikenberry. He is an author and a speaker and influencer himself and has written a new book about managing employees remotely and particularly has some interesting advice and best practices around managing sales teams remotely. So definitely check us out for that. We are going to be dark in terms of live shows the week of 4th of July, but we will pre-record an episode for Thursday, July 5th with uh, Dave Gerhardt. He is the VP of Marketing for Drift, and we're going to talk about the landing page. Is it dead? Is it alive? They're doing some really interesting things that are attempting to create more engagement uh, with prospects that don't require people to fill out forms. But a little more today with Peter Isaacson, CMO of Demandbase, one of the, well, what is what is now the definitively the leader in the ABM space based on the recent Forrester wave. And we're talking about category creation and also just managing and creating influence and i want you to talk a little bit peter if you can about the cmo council you guys have created because i think it's a it's a very different strategy but it's another way of creating sort of a you know sort of a an authentic audience for the themes and ideas that surround the category you're trying to create can you talk a little bit about that about four years ago i had the idea that you know what my peers are also my my customers and my prospects and, and everything and I'd love to, I'm in a position where I could actually 
form a kind of a group of CMOs that get together once or twice a year and talk over things that kind of impact us all. Quite honestly, when I first started thinking about it, I was like, this is a great opportunity for me to form tighter relationships with customers and start selling some prospects. And pretty quickly, I actually changed my thinking from being that kind of transactionally based and taking kind of a broader view and saying, you know what, what I really want to do is just make this a great group of folks that really value getting together and talking over these issues. And I quickly kind of transformed it from, I want you to be my customer or a solid prospect to, you know what, I just want you to be like someone that I want to spend time with, someone that's got a point of view, someone that's going to engage with a group of their peers in a very productive way. So I've got folks in there that are customers. I've got folks that are true prospects, but I've got folks in there, other CMOs that they currently aren't companies that should buy from demand base or will buy from demand base, but they're just good, solid citizens with great kind of point of view on marketing and B2B marketing and some of the challenges. And what I found is that the just purely the goodwill that comes out of that CMO council, the fact that it's not a commercial for demand base, that I'm not pushing our solutions, it's not a bait and switch or anything like that, that it's really a broader kind of discussion on challenges that we all face every day, that has been really invaluable. And I think that's the lesson for kind of all kind of engagement with influencers, which is don't try and make it a commercial about you. And when you're trying to engage influencers, don't try and get them to communicate your message out to the market. Basically, you want them to know your story, but tell their story. And I think that's essentially what's happened over time with our influencer network, whether it's the CMO Council or, or otherwise. Wow. And I've had the honor and pleasure to attend a couple of those sessions. And, you know, it's been, you're right there, where it's not about demand base. It's about sort of helping peers solve challenges related to ABM and otherwise. And I think you guys have done that really well in other places as well. You know, if you're not familiar with some of demand based certification programs, they have three levels of ABM certification from beginner to expert. And it's not about the ABM platform. It is not training on how to use ABM. It is really sort of thinking through everything from account selection to sales alignment to selling the idea of ABM internally. And I think to your point, you know, there's the engagement with someone like a forester to really say, hey, demand base is a category leader. And then there's conversations with peers and influencers, others to say, hey, we really know what we're talking about here. And, and we all know how important sort of peer-to-peer -peer reviews and peer-to-peer -peer feedback is how do you prioritize one over the other, or is it a matter of sort of just prioritizing both in their element at different stages of you know people's buying journey? I think it is a little bit of both, but part of this is really engaging with very smart customers that can help tell the story. Uh, we've been really fortunate. I can think off the top of my head, Sydney Sloan, late of uh, of Alfresco, now over at uh, at Salesloft, Nick Ezzo, Cindy Nowicki from uh, from ServiceNow, Scott Cannon from HP. These guys are, have been great spokespeople for ABM kind of writ large. The great thing that's happened as we've engaged these folks is that, again, getting back to the point I made originally, which is they know our story, but they tell their story. And I think that's really important because, you know, if I tried to get Sydney to say, you know, hey, what I want you to do is say, 
demand base is a marketing technology company specializing in account based marketing and we have the 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 right one Sydney's smart enough that she wouldn't do it. <laughs> But more importantly, it wouldn't be authentic if she tried. And yeah. um, getting them to tell their authentic story, if they know your story, then it's amazing how it just kind of seeps in and they give it a spin that is all their own. And just that kind of authenticity is so critical as you actually engage influencers because you're engaging influencers hoping that they promote kind of something that's of value to you, but you got to do that in a way that is authentic to them. And the best way to do that is to understand their story and have them tell their story, but have them really kind of deeply understand your story because it tends to seep in just through osmosis. Yeah. I love that. Such good advice. You know, your, your customers, your prospects, they don't care about your story until you prove to them that you care about theirs and their story in the context of, of what you do and the problems you solve is really where the interesting storytelling comes. It's where the interesting opportunities come that make other people want to pay attention and that really ultimately drive attention back to you as you try to strive to create category leadership. Well, I know you got to run. We're going to let you go. Really appreciate Peter Isaacson, Chief Marketing Officer of Demand Base, joining us today, talking a little ABM, talking a little category creation, talking a little Mets baseball as well. So thank you very much for joining us, Peter. <laughs> we will be here next week again, live, 1130 Pacific, 230 Eastern, continuing the Summer of Pipeline series. we got a lot of great guests coming up, so make sure you continue to join us. For my great producer, Paul, great Twins fan, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. This is Matt Hines on Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been riding along on the Surf Pipeline, the Sales Pipeline Radio, right here on the Funnel Radio Network for at-work listeners like you.